3: Hello, and welcome to the first preseason episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast for the 2019 MLS season, AKA our fantasy preview of the Eastern Conference. This episode is brought to you by the Pablo Picasso Jersey Company, exclusive provider to MLS since 2019. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Um, no. Actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing Patreon community that helps support MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Conley from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by our classic co-host team, Mike Denton, Blaine Riffle, and rejoining us fresh back from a season-long loan, Jason Wiskovich. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Doing well, doing well, Rick. Doing very well.
3: Hello, friends. There it is, right there. Uh, I'm also excited to say I give a little early welcome um, to uh, Ben Bear, who we will be uh, featuring later in the podcast. He joined us uh, earlier this week to chat some about the upcoming fantasy game, then upcoming fantasy game, uh, and, and now... That everything has gone live, this podcast has dropped, and so you'll get to hear a little bit from him, uh, some of the background and the reasoning, and, and what was what was hoped with these changes, uh, plus some answers to some burning questions that you may have had from the beginning of uh, the season. So, um, coming up should be should be a lot of fun, uh, guys. Are you ready for this? The season it's it's back. Are you ready? Preach. I am pre- ready. <laughs> preaching. I'm preaching. Uh, now I'm sure every. Uh, Veteran fantasy manager knows that for the past several years, there have been significant changes to the fantasy game uh, just just year to year. Uh, I'm happy to say that 2019, that is not the case because very little has changed. However, I still think it is stuff that you need to pay attention to because it will be maybe even more impactful sometimes than uh, at first Lance so uh, as I mentioned we spoke with Ben earlier in the week uh, about uh, just the the game and and how he's hoping it's going to play out and some of what led to this current version and we're going to drop that in and play it for you right now so here it is all right hey Ben we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight uh we're we're ready to talk about fantasy uh I hope you're ready to talk about fantasy
1: oh I'm always ready to talk about fantasy uh I've been waiting you know it's been it's it's been a long four or five months uh since uh, the end of the season for fantasy it's been long, but
3: it, yet it seems like it's gone so fast. At the same time, uh, yes. so before we get into the, the, the few details uh, about what's new, I just wanted to know if you could pull back the curtain a little bit and just let us and other, everyone listening know some about the process that goes into for uh, working up the changes in between the seasons and what your goals are for 2019.
1: Well, I think I've, I think I mentioned this uh, previously, but you know that this year we were kind of looking. Uh, to stay pretty the same, you know, we, we were looking for continuity. That was the main goal. Uh, you know, we've changed around a lot of stuff over the past few years. We've done a lot of different changes. We changed, uh, you know, our partner uh, last year and, you know, some, some issues at the beginning of the season. And so this year, our main goal was, you know, look at it and just, you know, we want continuity. We want to make sure that, you know, the game is good for a hundred percent of, of, of users. And that's kind of what we were looking at. Uh, it was more about, you're looking at things that we can improve for everyone, not necessarily like little tweaks here and there that some people like, some people may like, some people may not like. It's more about making the entire game one that 100% of the people will see the effects of what we're trying to do with the little tweaks here and there Uh, in terms of the little bit of user interface, user experience, all that good stuff. That's really where we were kind of focused uh, this year.
3: So I think the easiest change for us to talk about first, uh, the, the littlest one as well, is uh, the player maximum per team has been reduced from four to three players. So that, that mm-hmm. seems pretty straightforward. Uh, I think people may just gloss over this one like it's nothing, but but I really do think this will cause fantasy managers to have to think about uh, where they want to spend that third spot on if they're not going to double up with a keeper and a defender or, or how that's going to work. So was this motivated by by feedback or is this just a way for you and
1: Bobby and Doyle to keep Weavey from being in the game? <coughs> Uh, well, th- th- there's always a little bit of the second one into any change <laughs> Uh It was a little bit of feedback. I think, you know, the feedback we, was based on that we kind of based this off of was, you know, that a lot of people thought that uh, too many lineups were the same, that they were facing an opponent who had the same lineup as them or something really close. Uh, you know, and that comes down to, especially towards the end of the season when you have Atlanta playing San Jose and everybody has four Atlanta players. And then you have, let's say, another game that week, let's say the Red Bulls are facing Colorado and everyone's four Red Bulls players. So basically you're looking at, you know, eight players on every team that's, that's the same. So now just maybe loosening it up a little bit, you know, three players, you'll have people, but there will be little different opportunities here and there. You know, a little more strategy comes into play. And I think ultimately we'll see some some lineup diversity a little bit more this year.
3: Yeah, no, I, I like it. I think it will be hard and will allow some uh, flavor of the teams for doubling up on a forward and midfielder or going defensive with the, the keeper and the defender. I think yeah, that will be fun. Exactly. Uh, now the big change. Uh, so I was really excited to hear that the price change system was getting a little bit of an overview. There was That was a big focus of the early part of the season last year, and it was something I know a lot of people were talking about in their feedback. So can you tell us a little bit more about what the design goal was for the price change system and how players should see that play out over the season?
1: Yeah, I think first of all, we, we didn't do a, a, you know, a great job communicating how the prices were going to change, uh, going into last season. It wasn't, you know, something that we really communicated all that well. And I, you know, I think over time people got it. It was pretty understandable how it kind of worked and people started, you know, being able to, like, especially, you know, the hardcores like you guys and me, that we were able to kind of game the system, you know, increase our budgets maybe artificially a little bit. And I think, you know, what, I, what that last sentence I just said is maybe we're trying to get away from we're – try, we're, we're trying to make sure that people don't – can't artificially game the system like that, you know. If a guy had – if a player had a really good three – good game three weeks ago, he scored, you know, 12, 13 points, you probably know he's going to score – his budget's going to – his price is going to raise. You know, and that, you know, led to maybe some budgets, you know, increasing and maybe not the way they should. So that's kind of one thing we kind of looked at. So, you know, I think that's going to be something that we're not going to – it's going to be – that impacts me less. You know, you're not going to be looking at some guy from three weeks ago that did a really good game. It's going to be more focused on recent performance. Uh, That's what we're we're really focusing on. Uh, And then uh, we're kind of looking at is maybe – the prices are rising and falling, you know, kind of feeding into what I just said, but can't, in, a, in a way that maybe that wasn't always understandable. And, you know, maybe a, a player goes up 0.5 uh, in a week where you don't really understand why. And I think we kind of, you know, soften that a little bit, just a little bit, you know. You, you, I, I don't think you'll notice too much, uh, but we, we did soften a little bit, you know, maybe the, the peaks and uh, troughs are a little bit shallower than they were last year.
3: So, Mike, you'll still be able to do some theory crafting here.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll hopefully will be. Um, well, Ben, let me ask you this. Uh, I know when we interviewed you last season, or at the end of last season, uh, you talked about hopefully being able to do some more testing to see how the price change system will would play out. Um, were mm-hmm. you all able to do a lot of testing uh, to see how this system plays out, and what did, what, did you, what did you see from that testing?
1: Yeah, so again so when we were looking at it, you know this is definitely something that we were we were looking at going into the season that was the, you know probably the main thing that we were we were kind of looking at again you know the main goal was continuity but outside of that the other the one the one change that we knew we wanted to look at was definitely the price changes and we we gamed out everything you know we we you know we worked with our our, our provider and we had a ton of different options and you know we we compared it to what it was Uh, last season and 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 what it'll look like this season we have quite a few different options that we're looking at to really dig into how this is gonna affect the game and you know ultimately we kind of came to unanimous decision among about four or five of us that were involved uh and we came to unanimous decision that you know this is where we're gonna go with and uh i think you'll see the difference but it's not too much of a change it's like you know we're not going back to what it was before but it is a little bit of a change and i think it'll 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 help the game the old average system
3: uh yeah. the just something else I want to make sure everyone knows just just day 1 hours into to the game uh last season there was some confusion into the exact split between spring and fall uh, just miscommunication at mm-hmm. uh, different levels so I just wanted right now for everyone to get it straight from the bears mouth uh just be sure we know when is that split
1: the split this season is uh coming uh with the gold cup break so It'll be a little earlier this year. Uh, we're looking at March 2nd to June 8th for the spring season, and then June 22nd through October 6th uh, decision day for the for the fall season. You know, it's obviously the, – the season's also ending a few a few weeks earlier, so that's why it may seem like it's really early, but maybe it may be just like two or three game weeks, uh, you'll see. It'll be a little bit earlier than it was last year.
3: So there we go. Everyone, mark that on your calendar. That's – that's when you can go. Everything is going to switch back. It's just like last year. The prices will reset. Uh,
1: you will mostly there'll be a small adjustments, right, Ben? Just like last year, there are a few players that got yeah. you know, there's there's like, there's always the Faldo Davies, you know, who started who yeah. I right, a probably <laughs> six last year, something uh, like that. That was a mistake. So, but I'm I'm not going to be too hard on myself. But you know, there's always those little things uh, that, that that you want to see. Maybe Paxton Pommacco becomes the next uh, Mauro Diaz and he'll have to be a 10.0 player instead of a 6. Now, you guys really uh, cranked up your game last
3: year with some of the fantasy content. I know you and and Doyle and and Bobby got really into it with those little live Mm -hmm. sessions that you guys had. Give you a chance to toot your own horn right now. Do you guys have anything new in the
1: pipeline for what people can expect as far as fantasy content, official content from MLS? Yeah, you can go over to mlssoccer.com right now. There is a 15-minute long video that features the three of us you know some banter uh some parts that maybe you guys will not you know enjoy because it's for the beginners uh you know it's kind of introducing the game but then we'll get into the nitty-gritty start uh ripping each other for terrible picks and all that good stuff but then you know so but you know there's that video well you know there's different clips going in different places you'll see it all over the place the big news is that we actually have a name for the show this year oh. of it the mls periscope podcast podcast is what can we kind of went with that at some point but this year we are Fan- Fantasy United FC. Is the name I know? Like I That's like it. We went well. <clears throat> it's a little bit, you know, little inside joke for uh, for the for the hardcore MLS fans. But you know, uh, we liked it. We know, as Doha said, we we kind of didn't go with Fantasy uh, Wednesday, Evergrande, Real United. <laughs> we didn't go with that. We went with Fantasy United FC. I'm a little hurt though. I wanted to go with SC, but you know. We figured lean into the FC thing, uh, so we have that and that. You know, that we'll have a weekly show. We're not doing two shows this year, mostly be- not because we don't want to, not but because all the double game weeks. There's not really going to be much point to do two shows because we're going to just bang it all out this year.
3: Uh, there's so, so many Wednesday games this year, too. Yeah, there's
1: so many. <laughs> I mean, after the first five or six weeks, basically every week is a double game week. So we were looking at the schedule and I was like. Does it really make sense to even plan on doing two shows? And we said, no, not really. You know, maybe we'll come back later in the week every now and again. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit less, uh, maybe here and there. But mostly, yeah, we're going to focus on that main show on Tuesdays. It'll be a little higher production values, uh, not terribly high, but a little higher. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun.
3: Excellent. I love it. I think you should just have like an outro video of just Weeby sitting at his desk, not playing fantasy.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I mean, there's definitely a dig at Weeby in that, uh, in that video, so you'll, you'll find it. Oh, we're going to love that.
3: We're going to love that. I've got one more question, and I'll see if these guys have anything else for you. let you talk about anything else you want to. Uh, a few weeks ago, though, you had a little teaser out mm-hmm. on Twitter, and you said, should Piotti be a midfielder or a forward let you know and then you quickly came back and said you already know what the answer is and there's only one answer but you're just Mm -hmm. curious uh we now know that answer that it's a midfielder
1: yes what was the reasoning ah man this was like a whole this became like a whole thing even like in the office that day it was like you know our various slack channels where i was asking oh you know when i was going through the pricing and the positioning you know throughout like random ones if i was like stuck on something or you know some guys are tougher than others but you know, when when you're looking at all these wingers, it's, like, tough because, you know, some teams have different – they'll announce a winger as a forward or as a midfielder. You know, generally, I do think we stick pretty close to what the team announces or the team has listed on their, on their stuff. You know, most of the time those guys are midfielders. But I think it's also, you know, those different circumstances. Uh, Houston, like, at least in Kyoto, those guys are forwards. Like, they play as high up as Minotas does So mm-hmm. most of the time. So – there's also different views, but like you know, at a four-two-three-one, I don't know. It's like it's tough. But I think ultimately, when you keep them as midfielders, and it, it, you know, it, it helps the game a little bit more. I think it adds a little more diversity to the lineups, uh, you know. And then I think sometimes, if you're looking at the wingers, maybe they'll get shut out of the, the forwards because you're looking at you know every week you're gonna have Joseph, BWP, Ruby Diaz. Uh, why can't I think of other? Rooney, like all these guys all these big names that you're going to want in your lineup and the, and the wingers kind of get shut out. When, when you move into midfielders, you know, you have guys like Ladera, Morales attacking mids, uh, but there's only, you know, a few defensive midfielders that are really you're going to want on your team that you're going to every And yep. I think we saw a little bit, maybe a little bit of a drop off in using D mids last year. Uh, I think because maybe the D mids weren't as good. I don't think it's anything to do with problem in the game, but you know, it's just, there weren't as many guys getting five, six points on average that they could really look to. Look at a guy like Dax. He was at three, I think, three or four. and we used to want him at five or six. So, you know, you only had demons in attack So If you put all the wingers at forwards, you're losing out, I think, in the midfield, and I think you're not going to use them as your forward. So, I think, you know, I think we kind of shifted towards looking at – I think it's better for the game if they're midfielders. For the most part, again, I'll say at least in Kyoto, those guys are forwards. Like, I I will argue with anybody about that. But (laughs) I I think – Piotti, I know Doğga he did at me. Even like <laughs> I guys, was gonna
3: ask who was team forward.
1: Well, no, you guys might have seen it. he was like on Twitter going at me, but like even in private he was <laughs> really going at me. Uh, he was like just you know he's if there's anybody you know does anybody that's a forward at Tim and I was I wasn't so sure. I think he, I think he's I don't think he plays as high as at least in Kyoto, uh, but you know I think there was there was definitely some good arguments. I think most of the people did say it's better for the game if, uh, if if they're midfielders for the most part. Well, oh, yeah, I think that's where it gets uh, a lot tougher
3: to decide who's going to be those five because when you get somebody as a forward, you go, oh, I, I can all of a sudden just sneak an extra guy in there. I think, what was it, uh, Vela was a midfielder. It wasn't – Someone happened with LAFC last year that someone started out, I think, as a forward and then got changed, and I was like, crap. I liked, yeah, I, I, I think,
1: I, I, think yeah, I think I changed mid-Vela from a forward to midfielder midseason. I think that's what I did. It's no, tough to good. remember all these different little things. But,
3: yeah, <laughs> It's so hard.
0: It's so mm-hmm. hard. Uh, Ben, you mentioned that uh, 15-minute video you were going to do that's mostly geared towards beginners, at least in the beginning. Uh, What other plans does MLS have to promote the game, especially with all these new markets? I mean, I know, like, Reid is an FC Cincy fan, uh, and they're going to need some some team that scores goals, so why not their fantasy team? How do we get that message to them?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, I think we're still kind of in – we're still kind of in the planning stages. You know, we still have a week away from the season here. Uh, But, you know, we're definitely looking at, you know, looking out to the club's a little outreach you know I'll be, I'll be hitting all them up to make you know sending them stuff to you know the ways to highlight of the game you know and in terms of what we're gonna do we'll have the video we'll promote it more uh, you know that video is gonna be it's, it's gonna be higher production values, as I said so you may see it live on the site and not just on social this year uh, you know we'll have the rankings Reed's gonna be doing something a little bit different for us this year uh, as you'll see so you know I think that maybe it will help grow. The community a little bit and maybe may add a personalized touch to you know sometimes when you're when you look at fans playing mls fantasy they're, they're, they may not have a ton of people they know that are doing so you know it may feel like you're just out there in the wilderness by yourself so i think maybe personalizing that a little bit and that goes along with what the show i think that you know bringing people in and making them feel like they're not by themselves and i think that's kind of what you look at when we look at you know the wood the, the attrition rate throughout the season uh i think that, you know the same is true for every fantasy game you know i know i used to follow from my baseball from fantasy baseball team in july but you know so i think that helps maybe with the attrition rate that we see you know getting get if you get more people involved and more people involved for longer i think in the long run you're going to see more you know the increase in the in, in the user base
2: yeah ben i was going to ask you is there going to be any type of um publicity for fantasy like uh either via teams tweets maybe like commercials or even on the uh on the actual pitch on the uh, led boards on the yeah. sides things like that
1: i'll say i mean if you were watching the last half of last year i think you saw i mean on, on the led board you saw ml's fantasy so i think that's going to continue this year yeah uh and you know we're 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 heavily promoting our app as we always do and i think you know i think fantasy is one of the three or four bullet points that's in every, you know, PowerPoint or deck, whatever you call it, uh, they, that I, that I see uh, in, uh, in, in internally. So, I think it's definitely a big push in terms of what we do with our app, and I and I think that's how we promote it. And to me, that's the best way to do it because I know for years, obviously, people are complaining about the app. You know, there's nothing in that. The, the main reason, one of the main reasons to have the app, and I think that they everyone knows that and. Uh, that's a, that. That's really the way we like that we're gonna push uh, the game.
3: That sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. And of course, uh, if you guys are some of the ones who listen and have uh, swag, feel free to to wear it. Like I've got my cool fantasy hat that my wife got for me. I'll be rocking at the the home opener for FC Cincinnati. So um, listen, to that guys, tweet your teams if you're listening right now. Tweet your teams and ask well, them questions about fantasy too.
1: Well, oh, I, I didn't even mention this. so we have we do have a share share button this year. So you're gonna be automatically there. You go. Finally, right? No, no more street, No more <laughs> screenshots. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah.
0: We just have to
2: sign into the app with our Twitter login so that you'll have access to it. Yeah. i would be DMs.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but yeah, no, yeah. Finally, we what. So you'll be be able to easily share uh, your lineups. And know, it's gonna uh, uh the, the actual game. It's gonna look. It'll be a nice little field view. It'll be great. It's awesome.
3: That's very mm-hmm. cool. Looking forward to it.
1: Uh, well, that's all that I have, guys. And if you have
3: any more questions for Ben, all right. Well, uh, thank you
1: so much, Ben. If there's anything else you want to say,
3: just let us know right now. If not, thank you so much for coming out tonight.
1: I think we're good. If you, you know, if, if anybody has any questions, you can always hit me up on Twitter. Not too many questions, but you know, I'm a little busy the next couple of weeks. But uh, you know, you, can, you could always hit me up. Uh, if you have any questions about the game? uh and then you know definitely hit up bobby and dole for any questions so oh that'll be
3: fun we will we reached
1: out to bobby <laughs> yeah exactly there you go so yeah that's all i got i don't. I, I. think that's it you know i think i'm excited for uh for this season for so many ways and you know this is one of the main main ones main reasons all right well good luck thanks oh uh, yeah good luck thank you guys thanks. too i'm gonna be better this year i promise
2: <laughs> no just just tell we to be better i think we'll be good
3: all right. Uh, thanks again for Ben joining us. Uh, that was that was some pretty good stuff. Um, did you guys like that? Did you like the interview? I thought it was helpful.
4: Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. I think we're headed in the good direction to start the season.
3: I think it's safe to say that our favorite non-game mechanic change—correct me if I'm wrong, Mike—is uh, the share your team button.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's something that's very helpful, especially last year where you were, like, doing um, two screenshots. <laughs> uh, so, Your you know, we, we've got a positive, at least low. something to
3: Yeah, Frankenstein screenshot.
2: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah we had, uh, we had to- it was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't.
3: Everybody's talking. It's crazy. It's like we've never done this before. All
0: right, <laughs> are we good now? Can think you we're hear good. me better now? Yeah, go All ahead. Right, I'm, I'll move the mic a little bit closer. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a lot better than last year where we had to do multiple screenshots. Um, so you know, at least fantasy managers who weren't happy with last year have have something to to look forward to this year.
3: Well, now Jay, uh, you actually played last year. Still, was it? Were you as committed as you were in the past?
2: Yeah. I wouldn't say as committed just because of, you know, work and, baby and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, I was still definitely committed. I'll, I'll say the app absolutely helped because uh, the interface on that was really good. You know, if I only had 10 minutes to, to do that or you know, to do the lineups, I could just go on there instead of having to wait for Internet Explorer to load and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, you know, the uh, the app, I think, is uh, especially with the, the screenshot or the screen sharing on there is going to be uh, a big step up.
3: All right, well, let's get on to the other big segment uh, of our podcast tonight, one of the just the two segments that we're doing tonight, and that is our Eastern Conference Fantasy Preview. So uh, we're just going to go through everything ETR style, and uh, we're going to do five minutes per team. I'll let the guys just chat uh, in general. uh, If you guys want, I can just pick someone to go first, and then at the very end, I'll kind of wrap things up with with my uh, fantasy grade for the team, which, I mean, I guess these guys want to – fuss about that too they can they can do that as well so let's kick things off with uh atlanta united and mike how about you uh, get it started
0: uh sure um atlanta united you know for as big of the changes they are most of the team um really isn't all that changed uh we have a report um that it seems like nagby is staying as of right now so assuming that is the only big absence or the coaches and Almiron. now those are pretty big um absences or big changes um, but I mean, Atlanta United spent the money. They've uh, bought P- Pity Martinez to replace Almiron. Um, indications so far uh, preseason are that he's pretty talented, pretty good, going to be able to to link up. But I mean, that's the big question uh, for them is whether or not uh, Petey Martinez can reestablish the connection with Joseph Martinez that Almiron had. Um, because if they do, then it's going to be just like last year. You're going to want to have Pity Martinez and Joseph Martinez on your team every time that Atlanta plays a home game, regardless of the opponent, regardless of what their budget is, and you can f- fill out the rest of it later. Um, the other thing is um, moving from Tata Martino to uh, De Boer. Um, I don't. I think De Boer has more of a pressing style than Tata did. So we'll see how that affects things and whether that um, slows down the offensive output, but I don't see anything that really going to change it. Um, I mean, you weren't really generally picking Atlanta defenders anyway, and especially with the move from four to three, you're going to want to have pity and Joseph on your team anyway. So you're probably going to be less likely to take an Atlanta defender anyway, you know, try to see about um, maybe Barco or Valaba, depending on who ends up winning that spot. You're gonna go with Atlanta offensive players, not as much defensive players, unless it's like a double game week with something weird going on. If they play like FC Cincinnati at home, um, that's. No. that's
3: no. <laughs> hey, you got to watch out. We've got the defenders. We've got them all. Come that's mis- what I'm saying. You're gonna want to
0: have the de- you want to have the defenders who are playing FC Cincinnati. You're not gonna to want to have the offensive players. <laughs> I, I do have to say my favorite part uh, of this off season was watching Reed slowly realize that FC Cincinnati was going to be terrible. And then him talking to himself into over the past month that they're actually going to be okay and make a dead for a playoff spot.
3: <laughs> I, I said that eighth is likely maybe seventh. <laughs> maybe.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, back, back to Atlanta for now. Um, They're probably going to win. I mean, the biggest thing for, if you're new to MLS, new players, they're in CCL. So we saw this last year. You may not want to pick up their players right off the bat because we're going to see probably a lot of rotation, a lot of, you know, just kind of going through the motions as they focus their games on the Champions League. That's the only concern, like, right off the bat. But, I mean, once they're done and assuming they're healthy and they don't get beat up like Toronto did, they're going to be... One of the best teams in the league, if not far away, the best.
3: All right, so we got some prices here. Now we're seeing uh, Martinez eleven, uh, pity, pity. Martinez ten point five. Joseph Martinez eleven. Uh, Brad Guzon six. Uh, LGP Gonzalez Perez. That is six point five. Uh, pretty high, pretty high marks up there. Uh, Blaine, Jason, you guys think this is worth it?
2: I think you're leaving out the most integral part of Atlanta, which is the man, the myth, the legend, Breck. Brec- at 5.5. At
3: 5.5, Shea. Yes.
2: Um, you know, him, you know, I th- also think that, um, you know, you're, you're. we haven't talked about a, a very big part of them, which is, you know, well, you may have just said it, but Julian Gressel. I don't think you said him. but No. 9.5? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel that that's, that, that is a little high, um, but, you know, he I think he'll be good for double-digit assists this year again if he plays on the wing.
4: Yeah, I was reading. I was looking through the numbers on this one, and pretty much anybody I was looking at possibly picking up in a draft league early on, or just throughout the season, the guys that I played last year, eight five and up, except for the defenders, and uh, their uh, their defense is actually kind of reasonably balanced now. LGP is still up there near the top, but Parkhurst has come down a little bit, so if you trust their defense on those certain games, that could be good there, but their offense, I mean, they, they got priced probably appropriately for where they were last year. And that's going to price out three attacking players on a lot of teams early in the season. So just a lot of fun there. And Jay, this is scary. Cause we're on the same wave wavelength. I was going to bring up Breck Shea as well. This is, we're talking about two different things with Atlanta here. Either Breck Shea is going to revitalize his career right here, or he's just going to be the locker room cancer and as lazy as he has been everywhere and really bring this team down. I don't know which one we're going to see.
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that we'll be seeing a lot of super sub Breck Shea with a, you know, 89th, 90th minute goal. And if you're, you know, lucky enough to have them on your bench. For, right.
3: That's your five minutes. Cut off.
2: Hard right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> I was just going to talk about the triple switcheroo. Come on. Uh,
3: sorry, that's it. Uh, you guys <sighs> almost almost got that just perfectly. Uh, fantasy grade for me, a lot of solid options at every position with uh, with Atlanta and even some decent secondary options as well at a little bit lower price. But the, the prime ones are priced highly. Uh, they get a solid A, a for Atlanta. Moving on. A fussing okay we all agree on a moving on uh blaine do you want to talk a little bit about chicago or do you want to let jay do that
4: jay do you know how much do you like chicago because being a kansas city fan they are not high on my list <laughs> uh I, I love the city
2: um uh i'm really not too familiar with a lot of stuff that's going on i just know katai killed it for me last year um <laughs> you know uh I believe they got ousted, which, uh, you know, I'm not too sure with uh, with their defense how good they're going to be defensively. I know, like I just mentioned, they got ousted. Um, I know they got rid of uh, – uh, I can't think of his name, the center back.
0: Uh, Vincent. Vincent. Or Vincent. Yeah. yeah. Vincent retired. So retired. And then Kapelhof went somewhere else.
4: Kapelhof left. They had another guy retired. I no, think. no, no. Campbell. No, Kapelhof. Campbell. Campbell. Campbell left.
0: Campbell. That's something. Campbell left. Campbell, Campbell left. left.
3: Kapelhof is still up. here. Gordon retired. Vincent retired. So those were a couple of guys that helped them out, especially Gordon near the end. Uh, Campbell. Uh, his option was declined. DeLue was de- declined as well. Uh, Jay. Ura was also declined as well there. And then Matt Polster was out of contract. So not a whole lot, in my opinion, has really changed over there at Chicago. They've still got that core group of players that uh, they were trying to build upon. Last year's Feinsteiger, Katai, uh, McCarty, uh, Nico are all over there. It was that defense that really hurt them. How many times did we see last year uh center back Schweinsteiger? That's mm-hmm. that's that's yep. not what we want. That is not what Chicago wants as a team. And so they have made some attempts to uh to help do that. They've they brought in our Marcelo from sporting CP. They've brought in David Alstead to help out with uh with defense right there and then the goal, the whole defensive unit. So that's that's where it's all gonna really really rely for uh Chicago is can that defense hold out enough for someone like Katai and Nico and and Twain Steiger to be able to get that creativity going, get that pressure going, to be able to do something, to be able to do anything. And uh and I'm just not sure about that at this point right now.
0: Well and, and- oh so go Go ahead. Yeah,
4: one one name you haven't mentioned yet, and that's Jordy Mihailovic. Uh, that's coming on strong. I mean, I gotta like guys talk. <laughs> yeah. Coming on strong for the national team this off season, a young guy with a lot to prove here, and a team that is really ripe to have a playmaker come in and take over. I mean, I know Schweinsteiger's there. But he's been playing more of a support role. They've promised not to play him in the back, but I don't see him wanting to step up and lead this team like that. I think he's looking for somebody else to do it. And the rest of the guys on the list, as much as we like Nico and Katai as fantasy options, I just don't think they've really stepped up and been able to lead this team offensively. Uh, McCarty's trying to cover for that defense, and he's going to have a hard time of it again this year, I'm sure. So yeah, uh, Jordy's going to be the guy I'm watching there. Uh, price point's coming in at eight to start the season, yep. which isn't terrible for a ten who could make that jump into being one of the elite players or close to an elite player in MLS this year.
0: Yeah, it's amazing price for a ten. I mean, if it works out and he plays like he did with the national team, um, especially. I mean, we've seen Nikolic being able to produce when he gets the service. So if Jordy can provide that service, that's going to be a a great cheap option for fantasy managers.
2: Yeah, you really, guys both are, of them. I
3: mean, their, their pricing is great. You already mentioned some of that. Uh, uh, Jordy's at eight. Nico's at nine. Kappelhoff is the most expensive defender at six. So, I mean, the Nico's the most expensive player on the team at nine. So, there are definitely a lot of value options at Chicago uh, if if their form goes in the right direction.
0: I'm not touching that defense with a 10-foot pole. I don't care. No, I, I'm not choice. saying yeah. you should.
3: I, I am not saying you should uh, do that at all. I'll go ahead and give you my my grade for, for Chicago. Uh, they have a lot of known options at every position, but none are really standouts, especially with their current form not really rising in the right direction. I guess rising is the only direction it can go. So it's not going in the right direction at all. So I give Chicago a C minus. Um, maybe I should have just given them a solid C because of, of Jordy and see where they go. But th- that's what it is. I give them a C minus because I just don't know what's going to happen with them. We got finished early on that one. That one's great. All right, <laughs> let's move on to FC Cincinnati. Uh, I will let you guys talk about this first instead of me since I started Chicago. Um, If you guys want to just jump in and do that,
0: I'll let. Oh, they're bad. Um... Go ahead, like just be brutal. (laughs) Be brutal. Do it. FC Cincinnati. Go. Um, I mean, look, if you're looking for defenders or defensive midfielders, load up on FC Cincinnati because pretty much everyone on their team is a defensive midfielder. True. Um, they're they're really interesting. They kind of remind me of what I'm what I'm expecting. If if it goes well for them, is them to be like the Rapids maybe two years ago, where they would play a bunch of low scoring games, <laughs> um, win a you know get a bunch of one one draws and just kind of linger in the playoff race where they're not eliminated but nobody seriously takes them seriously except their own fans. That's kind of what I'm thinking here, um. They're probably going to score a bunch on set pieces. So as a New York city fan, I fully expect them to like win five, nothing at Yankee stadium. Uh, Cause they're going to have, um, you know, players like Watson, Adi, um, a bunch of other tall guys. Um, I think Greg Garza has already been hurt for them. Um, yeah. But I mean, there's no one who's going to provide service to uh, Adi. Um, I don't really see Darren Maddox being enough of an offensive threat. So, I mean, the question Lamar. is going to be whether or not this defense can really hold up. They have enough defenders and defensive midfielder, but with, with no threat really going forward and not much of a counterattacking threat that I can see, uh, I just think they may just get pummeled and end up losing a lot of games like 2 nothing.
2: I could see Lamar really whipping in a lot of crosses like uh, Shea Salinas did, what, three, four years back to Fernando Adi. I, I think that that's, to me, Lamar would be the only person that I would pick from... Cincinnati, just because uh just his price point at 7.5 i think that that could be a pretty good shout
4: yeah guy i'm looking for along that same line is fatay lache coming over from san jose i think he was really underutilized in san jose and never got to realize his full potential with an mls club um i price point really doesn't matter i mean he's 5.5 I just think if they can get him worked into the lineup properly, I think he can be an, uh, another asset piece or another assist piece like Lama, who can really help open up the field for some of their bigger guys. But I, I, I want to use this joke. I had a couple of British friends a few years back describing the last to me as championship level offense with pub level defense and FC Cincinnati's really tried to put together the best of the best in defense in MLS. And, they're going to get steamrolled by all those powerhouses in the East. And we're talking about Atlanta not having the defense, but just going out and scoring goals. That's kind of a growing trend. Same with uh, same with Chicago, and I know we're going to say it a few more times. Teams are designed to score goals in MLS. They're not designed to stop goals, and I don't think this defense can stop what's been built in the East.
3: Though a lot of those big teams in the East have lost some of their big uh, producers of goals and assists that have helped with that. So, uh, I don't, I don't disagree. Uh, let's talk about pricing right now. Adi is the most expensive player right now at 9 million right there. So if for some reason you do start wanting to go for the Cincinnati play, if you think there's a good defensive matchup or something, uh, definitely a lot of, a lot of value in this team. Uh, Waston is only at, at six as far as defense goes. Uh, the the real gem that I think you might be able to find something here. If there's one position that might be able to help somebody from FC Cincinnati, it's going to be Titan at the goalkeeper position. He's 5 million at a goalkeeper. There's not often a huge point differential between your highest scoring 6.0 goalkeeper and someone in the five or 5.5 range. So that could be a potential uh, pick up from SC Cincinnati especially if they do hold this defensive formation especially early in the season when teams really may not have that offensive power going for them yet uh, I will counter one thing and say I mean you've got Adi you've got Maddox you've got Kakuna Mane maybe right there uh, also got Powell and Garza with their healthy so there are some options there but you're very much right it is an offensive or a counter-attacking focused team looking at that three-five-two formation most likely uh, if you guys, unless you want to bash it some more I've got my grade for Cincinnati uh, no,
0: And One of the I, nice things I will say Is because they have so many defenders And defensive midfielders That uncertainty as to well which ones will get the starting position Is kind of priced into it yeah. So you are getting a little bit of value So especially early in the season If the defense does look like it's going to be good It's going to be a pretty cheap entry point And that's, you're going to need something like that So okay. FC Cincinnati probably Keep in mind
3: Safeguards at the top I mean, play. You might be able to find a very cheap option in Smith at four point five.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I'm looking at it. They've got six players over six million, seven players over six, at six million or higher. I. I mean that's that means three players at five point five or less have to start.
3: Time is up. I'm not playing favorites. I will do it for Cincinnati as well. Uh, final thoughts for my grades. Uh, a lot of question marks around this team. And if I take off my orange and blue glasses, I have to say that the defensive heavily options are differentials at best and long shots at worst. C minus. Too generous? No. Would you guys give him a D or an F?
0: Um, I'd probably give him a D. Yeah, I'm, I'm just because if team C- minus their it's defense a C-. works like they could be a B if their defense doesn't work they're an F.
3: I got a I got a little generous for some people I'd give them pluses and minuses so we'll see how that that flushes out. Uh, let's move on to Columbus, Jason. Uh, you want
2: to talk to us? Wait, about are we supposed
0: to have the pricing, Jay? You're tweeting out pictures of the pricing, <laughs>
2: not, not of the exact pricing. It's just a picture of <laughs> the pricing, but without the pricing, so it's okay.
3: There there should not be no no pricing.
2: No, there's no pricing on it. It just says fantasy pricing with the teams, but there's no pricing. So they can't see it. Uh, talk to us about Columbus. Yes, Columbus crew. Oh, wow. I, I actually uh, I think that, you know, with Berhalter's departure and uh, <clears throat> Caleb Porter's, uh, I guess, signing there, um, I actually think they're going to be really good. I mean, they look pretty decent in preseason. Um, has looked much better. I think he's a great option at 9.5, like he was last year. Um, I, you know, I I would love to see, uh, Pipa do well again this year. I think I picked them two years ago to be my dark horse. And, uh, I think that they will have a, a resurgence, I guess you could say this year with Caleb Porter at the helm. Um, a lot of their defenders are, are still there, uh, you know, their midfield is very, very much intact. Uh, I mean, I think it's, you know, you still got Stefan for what, a little bit, right?
3: Yeah. I think about half the season that's he's yeah. leaving in the summer.
2: Yeah. And then, I mean, they may just loan him back depending, but you know, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I foresee them, you know, definitely making the playoffs again this year. Um, I think that, uh, you know, barring any major injuries, I think they're going to be a, a very solid contender in the East uh, for fantasy wise uh defensively they're all still stacked up pretty uh you know pretty heavily uh, on price all pretty premier options um again i it's still obviously too early to tell but uh i do think that you know pedro santos coming in at seven point uh or seven mil i think that's a it's a really good shout um depending on how marum does you know him him being back at seven point5 if he can you know earn his spot and uh, get his head in the right spot. I think that he could be uh, deadly, like he was a couple of years back.
3: All right, let's take a look over at the uh, crisis for the Columbus Crew. Uh, we're looking at the most expensive player here being Jassy Zardes, nine point five uh, on defense. Harrison Awful, six point five is the highest. I was a little surprised that uh, Abu Abubakar was at a five point five and not a six. Uh, I do I do like him as a defensive option. Uh, Then Higuain comes in at 9.0, Zach Stefan at 6. So uh, I think these are fair for a lot of the crew. Uh, I'm glad that a lot of them seem pretty decent
4: values overall. What about you guys? Um, I'm really happy with the Zardes pricing after last season. I think this is the fantasy crew throwing some shade at him. I mean, he was, what, fifth highest in goals last year as a player, and he's not in the top five, eight, in fantasy pricing, he's in that next step down, like the not quite super premium level. Like, give him a second year with this team. I know there's a few changes, but Miram's back. If Miram can get back to the way he was playing with Kamara, I mean, we could see Zardes' numbers go up again this year. Like, uh, massive shade at Zardes from the MLS fantasy crew, and I, I can't believe he's at nine point five. I mean, that's going to make him an easy must own early on yep. if they start playing the same way they were last year. That we overlooked
2: one player, Patrick Mullins. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's
4: going
0: to be the MVP. I mean, you know, 5.5, clearly the the best team. Um, you know, uh, but honestly, I, I think it's absolutely right to, to look down on the Columbus crew. I think all of these players are overpriced because we didn't talk about their major addition and subtraction, which is they lost Greg Burhalter and brought in Caleb Porter. So I don't, you know, when we see what Burhalter did for the U.S. Men's National Team, They're losing that. So I don't see Zardes uh, replicating his production from last year. Um, And they haven't solved the winger problems unless Justin Miram returns to his form. Um, And I mean, if that happens, you know, at 7.5, he's great. But if he doesn't, you know, Higuain is getting older, and I don't think they're going to have the same tactical structure. They're going to be a little bit more defensive. So I don't see Zardes getting those same opportunities and shots. Um, and he really needed a lot of uh, a quantity of shots to in order to get to his goal tally, um, and he's just not going to be able to get that from Caleb Porter, from what I can say. So I think there's a real reason why there's uh, underpricing here.
3: I think I think age is definitely uh, a very valid point to, to bring out for, for this team. Uh, Porter, though, also had success when he came to MLS, so you, you are doubting that the, the success that he had with Portland he can bring to columbus
0: well i i think there's going to be a transition i think that columbus as constructed was a small market team with players that fit what Burhalter wanted to do and Fair. i don't think that they're going to fit what porter wants to do and i think with you know the new ownership and it's not good ownership but it's new ownership and all the excitement about save the crew i think they're going to be more than happy to let porter do an adjustment and so i see columbus missing the playoffs this year
2: Ooh, well, you also ooh, don't have- oh, you big take. Oh. Wow. No, no. See, I disagree with you on that one, but the big thing too. You don't have Valeri. I mean, he came in to right. a decently stacked or I'm sorry, Caleb Porter came into a decently stacked Portland team and now you're going, I mean, and I'm not saying Blaine is not good. That's it. That's
0: the time. <laughs> and they lost Valenzuela to injury. Cut. That is it. Uh,
3: final thoughts on crew from me, unless these guys disagree. Uh, not a lot has changed on the field except for the age of players. Uh, Porter's now back in Ohio, question mark. We'll see what that means. Definitely some options. Just have to see how the form works out in the end. B minus.
2: Maybe, maybe,
3: generous, maybe generous for Mike.
0: <coughs> oh, we should also mention they lose yeah. Stefan halfway through the year. So They do lose Stefan halfway through the year. probably going to be a cheap goalkeeper – but I, maybe Ben will change that with the Gold Cup um, season change.
3: There's a and Kempin. Yeah, we'll mention that really quick. Bendik and Kempin both 4.5, so they both get some time in preseason. Moving on, DC United. Uh, who
4: wants this one? Who hasn't gotten to talk?
3: Blaine, have you done one recently? Or is it yeah, I think turn?
4: It's, uh, it's Mike on the list, I think, It's Mike? Mike wants to do it. DC United, Mike?
0: Uh, sure. Um, I don't think a whole lot has changed Um, for them. I, I don't think they have. A um, whole lot of big signings. Obviously, the big signing was last year with uh, Wayne Rooney. Um, the big question is whether or not um, he can go over a full season where he has a lot more away games than he did last year. Um, another big offseason happening was that they almost lost Lucho Acosta to PSG, which is a crazy thing that I can't That's believe right. almost happened. Um, so big question is going to be his mentality. He, he and Rooney were such a great partnership um, at home at Audi Field. I don't know how much that's going to translate. I, I think they're probably going to be a little... I think we have an inflated sense of them um, having to go on the road a lot more. Uh, I think you get so much momentum when you have that streak of home games. Yep. Um, and then you can sometimes buy into it a little bit too much. I also don't know how well Rooney's going to do with all the travel. He didn't really have a whole lot to do um, last year with the way DC's schedule worked out and the way he came in mid-season. So, um, but... I mean, I think Lucho Acosta at 10.5. I mean, that's a premium price, but he certainly earned it. Um, Rooney at 11. I think that's probably a little high. Um, I think because I think his production is probably going to go down a little bit just because of age. Um, But uh, Canuse, I think, is an interesting um, defensive midfielder at 7.5. I mean, that's a little bit pricey for a defensive midfielder, but I think, you know, the people who are watching him and the big play your kids advocates really like this kid. So if he gets minutes, uh, I think he's someone to take a look out. Um, I still don't really trust their defense a whole lot because I mean, he still has Frederick Brilliant, and I remember him from NYCFC days, and I know enough to avoid him. I mean, Bill Hamid, um, he's pretty good, but I just still just don't trust the defense, and it's $6 million for a keeper. I just don't love him. So um, offensive attackers don't love their defense as much.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're right there. Uh, pricing at the defenders, uh, Burnbomb and Jara are both at a 6.0 right there. Um, and uh, it's it's some reasonable price things, I think, once you get out the top. But uh, I would I would definitely think that Rooney and Acosta both earned their, their values right there. Rooney gets that extra .5 bump, I say, for being Rooney. Uh, otherwise, I would see them both reasonably at 10.5 uh, for what they did and how much they played with each other.
2: Yeah, I think they're both a lock for home games considering the home field advantage there at Audi Field. A um, little skeptical about the away form, again, because of the travel and age, but home games, those two, I mean, it's almost like, you know, Almiron and Martinez last year, you ha- you always had to get both of them when they're at home. They're just that good at home.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I kind of, I'll echo some of what Mike said. I don't trust their defense at. At scoring fantasy points, at least um, the defenders on this team are not your big names that you would expect to rack up the points. I mean, burn bombs kind of the only guy on the list that's really stood out to me. And he's always been overshadowed by his partner on the fantasy thing where I think this defense really shines though for fantasy is funneling balls into Bill Hamid. This is not a defense. that's designed to really take on attackers and stop them one-on-one. It's designed to funnel them into bad shots or easy shots for Hamid to collect. And I think that could translate to a lot of points for Hamid this year. Um, He's one of the better shot stoppers in the league. And if this defense keeps funneling balls to him like they have in years past when he's been with them, just expect more of the same. He's got that 6 $6 Six million price point for a reason, and I see good things on those matchups. This is not a defense I'm willing to double up on probably ever this year, but I see him getting the points out of the way. This team is built.
3: Yeah, recoveries has consistently consistently been uh, one of the the better stats for predicting high scoring goalkeepers. Where is your Oreo, indeed? No I hope I was not the <laughs> only one who just heard that. Uh, we should get them to sponsor the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's
0: Let's hey, of... go. Hit us up. Hit please. us up. Let's we go. will. We will do that. I have a double stuff. Now I need more Oreos. <laughs> we'll do a, a
3: double stuffed MLS fantasy podcast. Uh, DC United. My final grade with this. Uh, good options from uh, the first string options. Sorry, good options from the first string. Players, there we go. But lacking as you get into their defense, just like the real DC, money talks. B minus. Uh, you will have to pay for those big players.
0: <laughs>
2: I think that's
3: okay. I, I think these will be pretty good. I think they'll they'll make the playoffs. The, I think that Rooney connection and that Acosta connection is still gonna gonna work out for them.
0: And maybe if Ariola could kind of find some form and kind of find a, a role within that system at 8.5, he could be a, a cheaper way into yeah. offense. But he needs to produce more because last year he didn't really have it.
3: Stiber at 7. Uh, that's, some, that's some decent stuff right there. All right, Blaine, this time right. it's actually you. Uh, talk to me about Montreal.
4: Yeah, Montreal. Uh, Piatti's last season with the club, uh, by all reports, um, this is kind of a winner, winner, go home type of thing. He's probably going to another MLS team, which is really going to hurt Montreal fans a lot. Um, and I'm just not seeing all of the big changes we'd want to see. But uh, they just the East has kind of left them behind. After that, a couple of really great runs. I mean, they had the CCL run, and then the playoff heartbreak loss to Toronto. They seem to have kind of fallen behind a little bit. Uh, Piotti and Titer are still your two primary playmakers on this team. Uh, if those two are firing on all cylinders, this team can go a long ways just on them. And they've added a guy who has almost no pressure playing behind them in Maxi Um Big big complaint about Arudi down in Dallas was always that he couldn't score the goals when he needed to. He couldn't score the goals to carry the team. Now he's number two behind Piotti. He doesn't have to carry the team. So playing without that weight on his shoulders may do a lot of good for him. Uh, coming in at 9.5 on the pricing too, so not terrible. Um, the rest of the teams kind of went the same as they were last year. Um, center backs are making the best of a bad situation. They really haven't been able to lock down a solid pairing since, uh, Victor Cabrera dropped off. And I mean, he's fallen all the way to 4.5 this year. So who knows where they're going to go again? Evan Bush is another one of those guys. Like I said with him, he's going to score a lot of points by guys funneling balls into him. He seems to face a lot of shots and make a lot of saves, gives up a few goals, but he usually picks up a few bonus points when he gives up those multi-goal games. So it kind of works out in the wash a little bit. Other than that, this team, um, they're definitely in the playoff hunt if they put it all together, but I'd say they're on the outside looking in to start the season.
3: I was shocked with the pricing of their defenders. Uh, three of those guys being at 6.0, I just don't, like they don't jump to my mind as, as with defensive options. They were okay last year. They had some good runs, um, but uh, I don't know. I, other pricing, I think, is, is a lot more on point. Uh, Piotti at 11. I think that's very fair. Uh, tighter at 10.5. Also, very fair. The two biggest productions for them. Uh, Piate and uh, Azira are, are both defensive midfielders that I, I've liked. I liked Azira when he was over at Colorado. He was a very consistent player as far as your points go. Dropped off a little bit when he switched last year, but those are two guys 7.5 and 5.5. Uh, Maxi Rudy, you nailed that, Blaine. I think this is a lot better system for him and that fantasy managers should keep an eye on that. At 9.5, uh, I think that's that's pretty reasonable for what it could be for him. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm off of the defense. What do you guys think? Is that? Do you think defense well, when you think Montreal?
0: Well, no, but I, I feel like the way – and, I mean, we're still digesting the, the prices upon all the teams, but I kind of feel like with the defenders, it's pretty much if they're starting defender, they're at six. Um, I mean, that car
3: 5.
0: 5. is 5.5. Is he, was he, he wasn't a consistent starter last year though. I mean, is he not going to be as, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, but I mean, like if you're looking at it from the way I think Ben is approaching, it, it was like, was he a consistent starter? And if he's a consistent starter, then he gets a six. I mean, that's just like looking over the prices. That's just kind of the impression that I got. Uh, I mean, now you can kind of quibble with, is this guy a consistent starter, but at least you can, if there's a question, that goes into the pricing, but that's it's not necessarily about much much about the output, especially on the defender end. It's more are they a consistent starter? What position do they play? And that's may if you know the answer to those two questions, I can pretty much tell you what the price is.
3: But we're gonna quibble when we
4: get to New England. <laughs> <laughs> As in, you ask if they're a defensive team. I mean, we've known Montreal to be the best counterattacking team in MLS for quite a while. They have been falling off a little bit. But still, on the counter, you almost trust Piotti and Titer, whoever has been paired with him, to lead that break and go make something happen. And a good counterattacking team starts with the defense. It's just the those defenders just don't stand out in your mind. I mean, the guy I remember most is Cabrera. Like I said, and he's fallen all the way off. He's not even the starter at this point. They just keep replacing one kind of no name defender with another one and making it work.
3: I think that's my problem. Cause I said defense, not, not defensive, yeah. defenders. Like when you've got, uh, Camacho and Lovitz and Sanga and, and some of those guys. It's like, are those really the, the names that pop into your head when you're like, I need a dig fender. I'm going to drop six on it. Who is it going to be? <laughs> I think no. That's the time. Let's get my little – oh, stop. Dismiss. There we go. Ooh. Cancel. Timers Ooh. are hard. Uh, here we go. My final grade for Montreal. Um, Montreal is a who's who of who's that guy again? Uh, most options are centered in midfield, and uh, some of the newer ones are going to be unproven. I give them a C-. Too harsh? No? I don't know. I, think
2: there's
3: it's no, I mean,
0: there's no one on that team I'm buying a Piotti. You? Uh, there we go. Piotti <laughs> or, or Titer.
3: Piotti or tighter. There we go. Uh, all right, let's move on to the New England revolution. Jason.
2: Yeah, um, you know, in New England, uh, the Patriots just won a Super Bowl, so maybe that'll... Add some life into the We are uh, not revolution. talking about the NFL.
0: No. That's right. <laughs> uh, um,
2: no, you know, it's uh, New England is uh, – You'll be a 20-minute really
0: rant for me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: you know, I think that the revolution have uh, uh, really been on a downward slide the past couple years, and even with the uh, the addition of um, Brad Friedel over there, you know, I really don't see that they've done much. All of the speculation – and, uh, you know, just the cancer that they had last year with Lee Wynn and this year now with Diego Fagundes, it just seems like there's something going on in the locker room there. I, I just don't feel like they've been a cohesive unit uh, last year and, you know, even now starting into this year. Um with that being said, you know, I, I do think that there are a couple of decent options there. You know, Diego Fagundes, uh, he is always a threat. And if he really does want to leave, then maybe he's going to play his heart out and hopefully be able to, you know, get a, a bigger spotlight on him this year. Um <clears throat> they I did think the lee
3: win method worked pretty well for how to get out of New England. Yeah, it did. It did.
2: And Fagundes um, may be
0: a great value for whatever team he actually ends up on eight.
2: Absolutely. Yep. And um, they, I believe they signed Carlos Gill. Is that correct? They yes. did. Yeah. I think he could be a really good option to be a, you know, a 9 million. Um, obviously we need to see how he plays a little more in preseason. Uh, I do like them, uh, those two players defensively. Uh, I feel like that new England was just a, you know, just a hot melting pot for, Hey, who's going to start and then who's going to get a yellow or red card. Uh, it was just, you know, what was it Anibaba and um, Dalamea Dala was great until he started really fouling everybody. But, um, you know, going from last year, I think that Dalamea being priced at five, that's, that's actually pretty good. Um, and then, you know, Anibaba, when he started, he's he's at 4.5. So I think that that could be two really good ones. I, I see Juan Aguadelo at 6.5. If he can maybe regain his form from a couple years back, I think that could be maybe a good shout at 6.5 if he starts up top. But, you know, really, otherwise, I really don't – I'm not too uh, thrilled with New England.
3: Yeah, highest player as far as price goes on a team, Panilla, right there nine point five. 9.5. Uh, okay, quibble. We're quibbling, Mike. Andrew Farrell, is okay. he not a starter? um 5.5 5. should he not be a six based on what we were just talking about
0: i'm gonna have to go look at his minutes i thought he got rotated a little bit
3: ah uh, andrew farrell, but he was still andrew, the, he, the starter. Starter. Man, he is man, he is, a, he man, is man. a andrew farrell is yeah. the face of the defense for he the is. new, he new is. England revolution yeah, he yeah. Is. yeah. and sometimes the face right, of their back.
2: goal yep he yeah, obviously left back right back center back goalkeeper whatever i know he is that he that is it 5.5 I, I think
4: I think there may be some clean sheet potential coming into these pricings. And Andrew oh, sure. Farrell is, oh, sure. is not going to benefit from the clean sheets. I mean, if you even go with one in three games being good for MLS as a starter, I mean, that's that's probably even a little generous. He's one in six, one in seven, whereas your premium guys, your guys from Sporting or Seattle, and I know that's next week, but those guys, you're expecting more of the one in three, one in four. You're going to get that price boost from that. This is a one in seven, one in eight chance for a clean sheet. So that's hitting this team hard. Um, I got to ask a question, though, with these pricings. I'm Who is the
0: starter when you seem like you get a red card every five games? Because that's, uh, like that's Andrew Farrell still like- the starter.
3: <laughs> He would be, but he would be. He's only getting red cards because he's
4: from. But Louisville.
0: if you miss like a fifth of the game, like, are you really consistent? Cardinal,
4: You're still the starter. Yeah, no, I, I have to ask everybody with this team, when you think of the forwards for the New England Revolution, who's the first guy that comes to your mind? Nobody. It's Agudelo. I, I mean, Agudelo, yeah, I'm, I'm a Kansas City guy, so it's um, Teal Benberry. Yeah, you you look at, it, at old ones. I'm trying to find their stats really quick. I don't know who their leading goal scorer was last year, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Pania. And he is now at nine point five. Yeah, Fugger. I think it was. Was it? Was it Fugger? I thought it was Pino. Yeah, uh,
2: I mean, either I mean, if it was like ten, you know, maybe like ten goals and eleven goals or something, but they were right there next to each other. I know
4: that. Yeah, it's just he's priced up there so high, and I remember Bunbury taking that stretch and just carrying that team. I just I don't see the pricing on these guys. Um, doesn't make sense to Time. me. Time
3: time you uh i mean we all were tiptoeing around it but i I think i think my grade is pretty accurate for new england uh preseason has not been kind to them and neither will i i mean they lost 3-0 to to louisville they did not respect that team uh no options at least at the start of the fantasy season f legal f for new england revolution all right ouch i mean what are
4: we playing with
3: here it's (laughs) fair it's fair but ouch here, So there's no option at forward, no option at defense, no option at midfield, no option at, at goalkeeper that you're going to legitimately consider from New England before
2: anybody else. F. Pania right had there. 12 goals. Fagundes yeah. had
3: nine, by the way. Uh, Bunbury had 11. And there we go. But now we're talking about New York City FC. Mike, get this done.
0: Okay, Um I want to all introduce you to New York City fandom because fantasy players are gonna to have to be New York City fans because we have five double game weeks and they're home double game weeks. So you're gonna to have to play this team. And that is gonna be terrible news for us because we're gonna rotate like hell and frustrate the heck out of all of you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna be scoring um, those goals? Especially man? Tim.
0: Um, that's a great question. Uh we haven't had sign a striker. Um, I think the best case scenario for New York City is that you see the goals kind of spread around. Um Another question is whether Jonathan Lewis is a starter, whether he's a substitute, whether he's he playing time. Um as of right now, I think he is going to see playing time. I'm not sure whether he's a starter or not. It probably depends if that striker signing gets done before the end of the season. Um I mean the big new signing for New York City uh is Matriza, um, a Romanian from uh a Romanian from the Romanian League. Uh he scored I think in about half of his games in the Romanian league. So I don't know how well that translates to MLS, but um, he's looked impressive in preseason. Now granted it was midseason there. So I don't know how much to trust in that, but I mean, you watch the tape, he reminds you a lot of Raheem Sterling and Giovinco and the way he plays, whether or not he'll be able to have that production. I don't think so, but you know, you can always keep your fingers crossed. Um, but, I mean, there's going to be a lot of rotation. We don't know the, stri- the striker who's going to play in that via role. Um, it's either going to be Tati or Medina. Um, I think Tajuri will probably play on the right, but if there is a striker, expect Medina to take his place. On the left, that's where Matriza is probably going to be, but that's also where Lewis is going to play. So if Matriza goes inside, maybe Lewis stays there, maybe uh, Castellanos plays there. Your only real dependable player in the offense is going to be Maxi Morales. Um he's a price at 11 million and there's a good reason for that. I think there's going to be a lot of goals and I think Moraxi Morales is going to have a part in that in most of them. So I think he's going to be someone to look at. Um when Dome came in, New York City had a great defense. After Dome came in, they didn't um they're losing Ana Herrera. Um they brought in Keaton Parks who doesn't have as much of a reputation as a defensive midfielder. That means I think the defensive uh clean sheet potential isn't going to be there. You're really, only looking for offensive hope from Tennerholm and Moderita. I think Moderita is underpriced at five million. I think Dome likes him a lot, and I think you can see him play up top almost sometimes as a forward. If he did that a few times last season, if that's the case, we know defenders who play as forwards are going to be great values. So that's someone to look at. Sean Johnson at six million, unless it's a great defensive game. I don't think he's going to be worth value because New York City's been playing a lot more recklessly and conceding a lot more goals. They've been doing it in preseason too, so I don't see the clean sheet potential. I think Callens um, and Schnoor aren't going to be as good this year because of that. So basically, New York City lobby a lot of goals, going to concede a lot of goals. You're going to want to stick with Max Morales and maybe Matriza if he pans out the way New York City thinks they're going to be
3: yeah uh there we go that's that's basically it uh quick look at the rest of the prices like Mike said Morales at 11 uh top three Defenders Callen chano Tinnerholm, 6.5 wow that is a hefty price to have to pay for a defender uh not sure if it's worth it maybe going for a tenor home goal as as an off chance of that but yeah that, that's some pretty pricey midfielders there as well um Matrice, 10.0. That's, I guess, the gamble that that's going to work out for you at the beginning. So that's some question marks there as well. Um,
0: And he's coming in for midseason. So at least in the first few weeks, it's probably a good bet that, you know, since he's in form and no one else is, that he's going to pick up some points.
3: That's a good point. I did not realize that. Excellent. Excellent one right there. Uh, for me, the grade here. and You guys can keep talking. I'm just going to get this out of, of the way. Uh, fingers crossed on the forward spot that that works out. Uh, but I still think even if they're a little bit overpriced, there's some solid options at all the positions. So an A minus to uh, NYCFC, NYCFC, in oh, New York City FC.
4: Way too high as the team. I, I mean, going in, going into the preseason here, coming out of preseason, I would put them on the bubble of not making the playoffs this year. I think your fantasy options are going to come about more because of lack of other options. We're talking about Maxi Morales probably being a must-own to because who else is there? Everything's going to run through him. Uh, Matrita may end up the same way. Yeah, I mean, Ring, 8.5 for Ring. Defensive midfielder, not going to score like that. Like I, Five I get game it. weeks. Yeah, double game weeks, but 8.5 for uh, non-attacking mid. I, I, I think Keaton
0: Parks, Keaton Parks is going to be your better option. Um, for for the double game week, because um, he's gonna, I, I think he's gonna win that midfield spot. He's impressed so far, 6.5. and I think he's been a little bit more of an attacking, which is gonna let Ring play more defensively. So I think at eight point five, Ring's not gonna be worth it. Keaton Parks might Time. surprise you. Time, very good.
3: Enjoyed that very much. Uh, now let's move on to that other New York team that we have Ooh, uh, really? the New York Red Bulls uh so remember how just a second ago I said that uh, New York City FC had uh defenders that were priced at 6.5 well not to be outdone by New York City FC the New York Red Bulls top three defenders are priced at seven million, which I think is absolutely ridiculous for for the defense. So I I was floored when I saw the prices for those uh, uh, defenders right there.
4: Uh, We have a visitor apparently. Yes, we do.
1: Uh, Lily's here.
4: Lily likes the pricing on the New York defenders here. Lily likes the pricing. Well, I think that's pretty crazy. Uh,
3: Not a lot. Honestly, there's only
0: good defensive team in the league.
3: That's true. No, I mean, this is, this is I, well justified. I, yeah. Parker. So,
2: yeah
0: you're, you're talking to the uh,
2: SKC guy over here. i, I like to
4: hear you are
3: talking
2: about the Eastern conference. Thank you
3: very much. No,
4: ser- seriously, this defensive unit has got to be the deepest in the league right now. Top to bottom. Yeah. Um, we, we got rid of Ico Parra. That's a big hit. I like the guys coming up behind him, but still this unit, Over time, and with the way Kansas City dropped off last year, if you had to put, I'd say, top three teams in the league on defense over the last three, four years, Kansas City's floating up there, Red Bulls are floating up there, and Seattle's your third one. Seattle kind of dropped off early last year. Kansas City had that run. Seattle they always just, drops
3: off early every year.
4: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, their defense, but th- last year was even worse for their defense. And then Kansas City dropped off last year. Red Bulls have a claim to the best defense in the league right now. And the prices just are justified on this. Oh, no. I, I totally think. I mean, it, and then uh, Lawrence at 6.5, I think it's fine too.
0: To, to Reed's point, I do think that the pricing doesn't take into consideration maybe enough in, in our preseason expectations, the loss of Tyler Adams. I think he did a lot more for that defense, even though he was a midfielder exactly. that people aren't exactly. taking into consideration. And I think that's going to have a domino effect all across. Um, they There's not really anyone in their academy who's going to replace him. It's not like when they got rid of Dax, everyone was like, oh, Tyler Adams, his kid is coming up. I mean, they've got a kid who's going to take that place, but there's nowhere near the hype. I mean, that kid just stepped into a Bundesliga team and is kicking ass over there. Um, I don't think he's going to stay in Leipzig for very long. He's before other clubs, big clubs in Champions League is going to be really looking for him. Um, I think that's going to be a big loss offensively and defense for the Red Bulls. They're still going to be the best defense. and probably going to be one of the best clean sheet chances you get. So I get the $7 million pricing because they're pretty much going to punish you for that easy clean sheet hunting. Um, that's just the way the prices have been working under this system, but be cautious about that.
3: The The big gap that I see for the Red Bulls going forward, and that's what factors into some of my my grade for them, is that midfield. Because we all know Kaku was restless, to say it nicely, uh, <laughs> during preseason here. Uh and he's really the big standout that they have. He's 9 million, uh the most expensive midfielder they have. After that, you've got uh Sean Davis and uh Daniel Royer at 7.5 and then uh, Florian Velo at at 7.5 as well. So, um it, there's a big drop off there for for what these guys provide. Yeah, Royer's has some some good uh elements to him. Bejen Court's had some good times uh last year as well. Mule had some had some good some good games, but no one with that consistency of Kaku, no one with a consistency as Morales with, with New York city there. So I think that's really where they're they're weak now, especially um, with that big loss, the midfield they've already suffered. So uh, good defense, still got BWP questionable midfield for me. And so uh, that gives me uh, a B plus. That's what I'm going for. B plus right there. Uh, So there you go, Mike, you guys are better than New York. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, you're better. We what? are New York. I don't know what you're talking about. You
3: are New York. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I'll be interested to see how Valo does coming back from injury after last year. And then you you mentioned it, wh- whether Kaku's head is going to be in the right place. Because if they yeah. don't have Kaku um, in the right place and motivated, um, they, they may be in some trouble getting to BWP.
3: Hey, Walson helps set these prices some, maybe for the defense.
2: All right, finish so, that one so early. Oh, go I, ahead.
4: Oh, I was going to say, I caught myself last year saying, pick the starter in the midfield. And I'm seeing all these guys priced at 7.5. And I know Royer threw out some monster games last year. Davis had his moments where he threw out a pretty big game. Um, There's some strategy here, but if you can pick the right weeks and you know this team well, you can grab some massive points at a a discount with a guy like Royer if you know what weeks to get him. And I think they priced him that way where you're going to see some – really monster round scores because people have utilized these guys like Royer at the right time.
0: And one thing to keep in mind about that, this is another CCL team. Like Atlanta, they're going to be going hard. So you're going to see some of the cheaper players getting starts and minutes that they may not otherwise. And unlike a lot of other teams in MLS, their B team can actually beat a lot of MLS's A team. So you could see some really good value uh, options here. I think Red Bulls, um, maybe some good options for switcheroo candidates in the early weeks when you're just yeah. desperate for budget.
2: Yeah, for really good for a tri- uh, triple switcheroo. I couldn't agree that more switcheroo. Like tri- tri- <laughs> tri- all right, Jason, we'll <laughs> let
3: you talk some. Uh, Orlando City FC, FC, SC. There we go. There's Ben's SC right there. Uh, what do you think about them?
2: Dumpster fire still. Oh, so right. you're going to summon
3: <laughs> Guy Sanchez and talk about this one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sorry to all my Orlando friends out there, um, but you guys are a dumpster fire. Nothing. I mean, the only positive that I've seen in the past, <clears throat> I don't know, three months is the signing of Danilo Acosta from Real Salt Lake uh, as a left back. Uh, I think he's been a very bright spot in the preseason so far. It looks great. Uh, I do think Tesho could be a good possible option at Ford at six at uh, uh, six mil, maybe partnered up top with Dom. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if uh, Orlando is going to play a four four two diamond like Christ used to do. I know with the recent signing of uh, Nani, uh, you know, big hype around his name, but I don't know how he's going to a fit in or b really fit in. Um, I just don't see much, uh, change from last year, you know, sauce, uh, question, you know, priced at 8.5. I think that's overpriced. I I really don't think that, uh, you know, his his production dropped off quite a bit last year. Um, some of the options I do like though, uh, is, um, Christian or Chris Mueller at 6.5. He does tend to play out of position up top, either either striker or right winger. I think that could be a good, uh, possible, you know, uh, Bang for your buck there. I do not like anybody on defense or uh, in keeper. I really think that they're you know going to be very leaky in the back like they were last year. So uh, you know I, I, I just don't I don't see much changing with Orlando. Uh, I, I think that they're probably going to finish you know near the bottom of the table again like they did last year. Not a lot of hope for them in my eyes. Yeah no I I think you got that. Uh, let's look at the prices real quick.
3: Uh, similar to Cincinnati, uh, most expensive player 9.0. That's Dom Dwyer, the forward there. I've uh, got Sasha collection, 8.5, uh, Higuita 6.5, Mueller 6.5. Uh, who else we got here? Most expensive defender is 5.5. So, uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else we can say about Orlando guys?
0: Uh, starting keepers at 4.5. Decent for a keeper if you want to try it.
3: If you want to try it. That's, that's the key point there. <laughs> and that's what factors most into my grade. Uh, Orlando seems to be where good players go to die. They have recognizable <laughs> names, and they just don't produce. If C's get degrees, then Orlando must be sitting backwards at their desk. F.
0: But, but Orlando is one of those teams that always starts off hot. So if they get a home game, and you, especially in the beginning of the year, it's hard to make the budget for a key crew. I mean, like. Take your shot. Uh, I, mean,
3: I I have not looked at their schedule enough to know if an Orlando home game early on is something that would be – that's probably well, going to happen it, is there, it's going it, to be Orlando it, well, home to New
0: York is what's going to be. Well, I mean, first game is Orlando home to New York City. Well, there we so. go. See, I
2: guess. <laughs> I fully expect to see a keeper in your first three weeks, Mike. Otherwise, you're a liar. With Orlando, yes. With <laughs> Orlando. Oh goodness. Well, we're just done well, with that. The-
0: I mean, if I you go the you know pick against New York City strategy, which usually works out well for me, like maybe.
3: <laughs> all right, uh, Blaine, you want to talk about Philadelphia for us?
4: Yeah, Philadelphia is one of those teams that just they traded away a few players. They traded away all their draft picks this year. Um, I think their top priced guy comes in at 8.5, if that tells you how the MLS Fantasy crew values this team. And that's uh, Sergio Santos, who's a newcomer as a forward. I mean, it's they, it's going to be really hard to see where how they're going to turn this around and right the ship here. Uh, they, they spent some money on some different guys at different times, brought in uh, CJ Sapong, paid out a little bit for him. But they've been trying to – Build a team with MLS castoffs or guys that have been making their mark as a second player and turn them into a primary player. David Acom's another one for their, for that one. And I know Jay, you talked about him all the time when he was with Chicago. He's priced at six million this year. Yep. I I mean it. He scored like one goal last year. I mean their defensive mid is their thir- is their, uh, tied for their second highest priced player, and that's uh, Harris Bedoujian. I, I mean. Who's good? Yeah, he's good, but he's your second, tied for your second highest price player. I mean, I'm surprised there's not a defender in the top five with the way this is going. But they traded (laughs) him all the
0: way. And it's weird because they're doing a whole new tactics this year. Because I think they're moving to the press. Press. That's right. Possession. Um, I don't know if they really have the personnel for that. It doesn't seem like they've brought in the personnel for that. So. I don't know if Jim Curtin is the coach to teach that. I don't know why all of a sudden he's doing a whole new system by himself. But maybe it works. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that you know Medun, or how how you say his name Medunjanin. Oh, we're back Medudin. in the full. Yeah, 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 that exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, he. I think that he was one of the high scores because he was on most corners and set pieces. You know, which makes him great. You know, a great asset. At eight point I think that that's probably at you know the highest price point that you could really put him at. But I mean, I think we're all overlooking somebody who was a newcomer last year that did really well. And it's Corey Burke. He, he 8. did 8. really well up top. I mean, at 8.0 or 8 million, I think that he could be possibly a pretty good shout. You know, if David Akam does start for a $6 million punt, I would take that in a heartbeat because he can be an extreme game changer. You know, when he comes on either as a, a super sub or B starting, uh, with his speed, but you know, again, his head his head needs to be in the right the right place as well. Uh, I don't I don't really like any any of the defensive options on here, um, but you know, Medunajin and uh, Akam and Burke I think are going to be your three if you are looking at
4: anybody. I'm surprised, yeah, but, Brian,
3: you didn't mention
2: uh, Aurelian Colon.
4: Um, he's at four point five. Um, he's brought in as a stopgap just to kind of fill oh. it in. Um, I believe he could be a starter, but the way this team's built, and I think from preseason, he is not one of their starters at this time. But again, they've got two defenders on the roster at 5.5, and everybody else is at 4.5. So you've got some cheap defensive options if you need them or just need a starter who's going to hopefully give you two points and a bonus point and only lose one for goals allowed. But let's be I mean, real.
2: If if Colin starts, he's going to be the ultimate troll this year. He's going to be the first MLS player ever to go below four with all the red cards <laughs> he's going to get. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> and you and we should mention. First.
0: I think the reason that you know Burke isn't uh, priced very high is because they lost Doshko.
4: Yeah, um,
0: his loan experience. Yeah, I was going to say started. that too. And I mean, I, you know, w- before they had him, they were garbage offensively. When you know, I think now they, they don't, don't have him. I think they're back to that same position. Yeah. I mean American his load expired and,
3: and he does not fit in the press style. So Yeah.
0: And I don't think he doesn't doesn't re-up really
3: him. he does. He should have yeah. <laughs> Someone should have got him. Cincinnati should have got him. He's a kind of defensive kind of guy, maybe. We can make him be that way. We can can just say yes. Yes. Michigan is a defender. Get him. Get him. Bring him. Uh, Where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, So my grade. Philly had a good thing going last year, but now they're looking to switch things up. Uh, Mixed results in preseason leave me worried. D+. Right there. Sorry about that. Uh, Final team in our Easter Conference preview. Mike, talk about Toronto.
0: Well, Reid, I, I know you're really sad that Giovinco is no longer going to be available for you to pick. Uh, I know he was a mainstay of your team last year. So, you know, maybe to just let the last five minutes just be a moment of silence um, for the loss of Giovinco and the many fantasy memories he gave us. Uh, the many times that he scored hat-tricks when we captured him, uh, we, we will miss him. Um, <clears throat> sure. I mean, one of the big uh, additions they have is Lawrence Simon. Uh He's probably at six. <clears throat> Um, I, I think he's pretty good. I think he'll help shore up uh, their defense. Um, but I don't know that that replaces the loss of Vasquez um, and Giovinco. Um, now, as of the time we're recording this, they're you know fighting for various DPs. Uh, they're also going to be contending for CCL. But unlike last year, I don't think they're that serious a contender um, to go very far in the tournament um, without Giovinco, without Vasquez. So I, I can see... Um, Offensively, them losing a lot, um, especially you know Josie Altador. I don't think he's going to get the service, and he's also going to get a lot more attention because there's not going to be as many people to distract as when he was with Giovinco. I mean, I think we we've, we've been if you're a long time listener to this podcast, you know that Josie with with Giovinco is a lot better than Josie without Giovinco. Um, so I think your value is going to be more on the defense here. Um, players like um, Simon, Drew Moore. Um, Uh, At $5 uh, I think he can be good, uh, um, although maybe – I I don't know if he's a locked-on starter. We'll kind of have to see what they want to do, if they want to stick with the three-man back line that they had last year or if they kind of change it up with the new personnel. Uh, The good thing is with CCL, at least we'll get some good um, samples and starting lineups for that. But, yeah, I mean, I really think your only uh, value is going to be on the defensive end. Michael Bradley at nine million for a mid is a ridiculous price point if you want to get into into that. I mean, I think he's just a defensive mid, so I would never pick him unless he was on a double game week. And at nine million, I would never pick him. <laughs>
3: Name recognition, right there.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just the USMT uh, upcharge there.
3: <laughs> so, Jonathan Osorio, ten million, yep. most expensive player on the team, uh, possibly worth it. He really had a great season.
2: I think if he fills in for the, you know the. And then, you know, number 10 role, I think that he could be uh, a really good option there. I know it's 10 million is creeping up there, uh, but I think he could be really good. And, you know, we haven't even talked about Terrence Boyd, who maybe hasn't been in the limelight, you know, the past five years. But at 6.0, I think that he could be a possible uh, good flyer because, like you mentioned, Mike, that when Josie's up top, he, and without Juvinko, he, you know, gets double teamed or he just gets all that attention leaving Boyd or Hamilton or whomever's up top wide open. So I think that Terrence Boyd could be a pretty good option, you know, barring injury and things like that at his price.
4: Yeah, yeah. this is uh, – I remember Toronto FC from Kansas City's Eastern Conference days before they splashed some money. They were hot garbage, bottom of the league – every year, and it seems like they're sliding right back to that. I was just spot-checking some of the numbers while you guys were doing this. Their fourth-highest player is 7.0, and that's Marco Delgado. And he's been okay most of the time. He's always been kind of one of those fringe players. If you don't have the budget for somebody else, you grab him. It almost feels like that price is there because they have to have at least four players at the 7.0 or higher mark on every team. Every team, every other team has at least four, and I can kind of justify the seven zero mark for all of their guys at the bottom of that that are just kind of barely eking into that. But this this team price average is abysmal. Asorio um, is probably a nine zero nine five guy. Altador, I thought would be a little higher just because he's a forward with the national team tag, but it seems like even their top playmakers are overpriced at this point for what we can expect from this team. Uh, dumpster fire, definitely a lock to miss the playoffs this year.
0: Blaine thinks everyone is missing the playoffs this year.
4: It's just going to be yeah. sporting Kansas city in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we're talking about the Eastern conference here. Like
3: nobody who? from the East makes
4: the conference. <laughs> nobody
2: sporting Kansas
4: city. I, the the <laughs> <Western> <laughs> I mean, I can give them to you. Uh, I said Atlanta would go. Columbus goes. DC goes. As we're going through the list room here, uh-huh. uh, Red Bulls. I I said New York City's probably out, but now that I might have to reconsider because everybody else just seemed, because he's <laughs> running out of it's just gotten worse. Like,
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing I we mean, didn't even talk about. You know, you know, New York City dealing with and New York Red Bulls having coaches that are brand new coaches from midseason last year. Um, you know, Atlanta, Columbus having new coaches. I mean, there's a lot of turmoil and a lot of big questions. So, I mean, maybe there's an opportunity for one of these teams in the East to kind of surprise, you know, if Sasha Kleshen were to remember that he's Sasha Kleshin, I could see Orlando pushing itself. Um, something we haven't mentioned for, you know, foreign uh, fantasy players who follow us from uh, e- EPL, um, there's now seven playoff spots uh, in MLS, So the the format of playoffs have changed, but obviously that's going to make a difference in the way teams play. Um, There's not going to be two legs in the playoffs anymore, so seeds are going to be more important. But there are seven seeds of them now, so I think we could how that plays out in the season will be a big question, and how it affects rotations for for us.
3: All right, guys. Thank you so much for going over all these teams. I hope everyone listening found that helpful, especially new players who are coming in. Uh, I know when we were talking with Ben, we do focus on a lot of some of the the maybe the insider stuff, the the name of the show. Uh, but we do also want to help the the new players as well. And I hope this breakdown helps for a lot of the new people who are listening. Uh, fingers crossed to the show. Uh, today. Uh, Our final plugs and then we'll get out of here and get ready for our Western Conference preview next week. That's the first plug. Western Conference preview, fantasy preview next Monday, the 25th. So stay tuned for that. That one's going to drop at our regular time. Uh, MLS Fantasy Boss team previews are already popping up. On the website, so check on those if you have not already. That's also going to be reposted on Reddit into the appropriate team forum and at r/slash fantasy MLS. Speaking of r/slash fantasy MLS, that is the official fantasy community for this podcast and and just uh, fantasy in general. Uh, head over to there if you want to be a part of one of the best, if not the best, fantasy community on the interwebs. Uh, you can also find information for the MLS fantasy boss network of leagues and how to join. So this podcast, MLS, FI MLS com, and our slash fantasy MLS will all have leagues. They will also all have <coughs> prizes. So if you want a chance to win cool swag, like the glasses back there, not this hat, but, uh, scarves, which you can see back there, this whole video thing is pretty fun. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry. Um, you should check us out on youtube uh you have a chance to win that stickers and everything like that so we'll have prizes you can get scarves gift cards mls so it'll be it'll be a lot of good time check that out for the way to join so that i will actually let you win because you got to give me some information uh and finally uh skylar and i are going to be having preview articles this year check those out over at mlssoccer.com that's the plugs i have guys anything you want to mention
0: uh, yeah, I'm going to mention, I'm not doing, uh, the injury news account, but what I will do is I'm, if I see an injury news, I'm going to retweet it with the hashtag MLS injury news. I would invite you to do the same. That way we'll all have one hashtag to do a quick search and find it. So um, even though I'm te- stepping back from it, we can all kind of do it and keep track of it. And I'll still give the injury news stuff uh, on the podcast. Although I'm not following beat writers cause following beat writers hurt my soul. So, <laughs> <laughs> What did um, Madame Serrano hurt your feelings? No, it's just most, they stopped providing injury information and started tweeting more about politics and I just was done with it.
2: (laughs) Well, my my only plug is going to be, I'll be on here as much as I possibly can. I am expecting a baby girl here. Oh, really, Mike? (laughs) Come on. Uh, I'll be expecting a baby girl here in uh, exactly uh, four weeks. So um, I will try to make it work as best as I can feedback be back as much as possible and it's and not really plug, but
3: yeah that's okay i mean it's your official announcement
2: yeah yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. of baby
0: girls i want to thank my wife for taking care of mine <laughs> i have a month old right now so thank you shannon Take you care, <laughs> and Gemma and lily's here
4: yeah lily's here um i no real plugs for me i've got a 20 month old sitting on my lap she's been beating on the door to try to get in tonight Uh, She likes to spend time with me, so I'm going to try to get back to writing regularly for Fantasy Boss this year and get something out every week, but I've got a fun little one who wants to play all the time, so my time online is probably going to be a lot more limited but I'm still here with you guys in spirit and I will constantly be playing and throwing out updates as I can. And I'm going to keep trying to do the podcast. We may be trying to do a Lily picks this year too. She picked a few captains last year and did really well. So we may keep up with the Lily picks. All right. Well, stay tuned for that
3: and more on the MLS fantasy insider. And don't forget our Western conference previews next week. Thank you very much. And good luck.